Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here today. Today is a special day in the life of our church. With this year, we are celebrating 50 years in this sanctuary and educational space. And today is another day that we are commemorating, commemorating that in a very special way. We are honored this morning, and I'll say it now, to have Dr. Buddy Corbin. Buddy Corbin was pastor here from uh, 1986 to 1991. Did I get that right? Okay. But we are glad to have Buddy Corbin back and he and his wife Frances and son James and grandchildren who I don't know everyone's name, but welcome. They are sitting out there in the middle section about halfway back and I know Buddy is delighted to have them here and some of them were uh, a surprise to him this morning, I believe. And so Buddy, we are so glad to have you here and Buddy was instrumental in Bowling Springs Baptist Church during those years and remains a great influence uh, to many of you and as you stay in contact with him and, and support him and Buddy, we are glad to have you here and we look forward to having you share this morning in the service. I do bring you um, greetings from the 50th anniversary team that's been planning not only this Sunday morning, but uh, the events that will take place this evening in our fellowship hall in LEC. And if you'll open up your insert in there, you will see all kinds of information, uh, some of which about this morning, some of most of which about this evening. And that is five to seven in the fellowship hall. There will be activities for the children. So everyone is truly a family friendly affair. It is a picnic style evening. And so dress uh, accordingly will be hamburgers and hot dogs and activities, music from different groups in the church. And so just a wonderful evening. We also have a section in there where you can give us some feedback. Uh, we would love to have that about significant things that may have happened in your family or in your life uh, over these last 50 years. And so please make note of all that information. I don't wanna go through that. Uh, this morning, but would encourage you uh, to read that as well. Let me just say a word of uh, thank you from the Guatemala mission team. We arrived back in the parking lot here last night around midnight. And uh, I think us, talking to a couple, I think we found ourselves getting in bed around 2 a.m. And we had a good day of travel, but an exhausting day of travel yesterday. And it was a very productive week and you'll hear all about it next Sunday. I don't wanna go into that uh, this morning, but it was a very productive week and we felt your prayers and support throughout the week. Uh, there are so many different connections where it was family members that blessed another family member to go, uh, where, or you gave us something to take. And there were so many different connections the church had to our week. And so we are just so thankful for your prayers and for your support. I do want to just draw your attention again to, once more to your bulletin and the announcements that are listed there um, uh, that pertain to activities and meetings and things this week. So just be mindful of that. We are delighted again that you are here. And Buddy, thank you for being with us this morning. We look forward to hearing you later in the service. Beginning today and the next few Sundays, we'll be taking a few trips down memory lane as well as celebrating our future and what lies in store for us ahead. Most of you may not know, but a lot of you do know that the pastor, when you moved to this facility 50 years ago, was Dr. T. Max Lennons, also known as Preacher. Um, he was the pastor for 27 years, and we are going to play excerpts of what he said to the congregation on the day of the original dedication of this facility. Uh, we're going to play the next few Sundays a couple of minutes from that, so I know you want to be here to hear all those. So at this time, if you would listen to Dr. T. Max Lennon as he speaks to the congregation of Boiling Springs Baptist. begin in stars and hearts, and ferment slow in fertile minds. 
Some dreams are dreamed in secret. Some dreams are dreamed to share. Our dream to build a lovely house of worship was spread from heart to heart till others came to care and share. Such dreams by prayer are nourished, but dressed in reality's robe through many lovely continuing gifts. And so we dreamed and prayed and gave. Gifts from widows and truck drivers, nurses, doctors, ministers, and children gave, and aged and shut-ins, farmers, teachers, secretaries, metal workers, welders, salesmen, foremen, workers in the factories, businessmen and clerks, and others from our varied occupations. Dreams birthed in stars and hearts must learn to walk on earth. And so our dream began to learn of mud and water, calloused hands, bulldozers, brick masons, and carpenters, blueprints and concrete, long steel beams, and rising walls to clothe the dream. The wise man built his house upon a rock, the words of Jesus say, and so we built foundations firm with mortar and strong blocks and mingled with that mortar prayers to provide adhesive power against whatever storms might come across the lengthening years. Now, if you would, please join me in the call to worship. How wonderful it is to be in a dwelling place for God. There is a place here for everyone. No one is turned away. Praise to God who invites and shelters us all. Praise to God who heals and sends us forth to serve. Please join me in our opening hymn, number 52, O Worship the King. If you are able, please stand and join in singing number 52.
be seated. I ask the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Hey, Liza. Okay, Georgia. How are you guys today? Why do I have stars today? I don't know. Why do you think I have might have stars? God did send the stars, he did. But I'm going to give everybody a star. I know you want a blue and that's your color. We don't, I don't have a lot of colors today. You're going to have to sort of be easy with Miss Ellen. All right, pick a color. You want a blue, all right. Okay, if we don't find colors today, we'll just have to do to today, okay? Rebecca Kay, what would you like? Pink. All right, all right, everybody pass one back there to Liza. Okay. Yellow to match your dress. We'll get a pink one when we go back to nursery. How about that? Will that work? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, here we go. She's going to trade with you. All right, everybody got one now. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. All right, how many of you have ever heard of a snitch? You scratch your nose. No, no, not. <laughs> You're good, Levi. Snitch. It's a big yellow bird. Dr. Seuss created him, and they wore stars on their shirts. Scratch your leg. Scratch your leg, okay, scratch your legs. But the snitch wore a star, and that made him special. Everybody wore a star. But then there was a group of snitches that didn't have stars. They got left out. That's right, it went away, I know. And I thought of snitches because you know what, we don't really want to talk about it very much, but you know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks? Um, you're going to die. No, I hope not. Yeah. We're going to school. Big school, oh, I know, roll your eyes, I know. Um, yes, you are going to big school. But when we go to school, we're all sort of like snitches because everybody's not gonna have a magic star on their shirt. But we need to remember that God gave all of us stars. He made us so special that it doesn't matter if we have a star on our shirt or not. Cause where is he? He is in our heart. That's right, Levi. And what does he do when we have a bad day? Um, he, he saves us. He saves us and he hugs us and he takes care of us. So when school starts and you go in a room that you don't, might not know everybody, we need to remember that on their shirt is a star. And we need to share the star that God gave us that's in our heart. Like, like those stars right there. We need to remember because remember for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son to us so that we can wear this star deep down in our heart. That's right, down in our heart. So when we go to school, and this one's going this week, so we need to remember him with a special star because it's almost time to start school. Why do you have to start school? Well, it just happens. You have to start school because you're getting big. 
No, it's Saturday. You get to stay home and catch an extra sleep. not get up early. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, what joy there is in the stars that you place in these children's hearts. What joy there is in knowing that you sit on their shoulder and you love them every day. Lord, bless these children. Bless their families. Bless this church and the faith, the walk, that they are on with you, Lord. Keep them safe, guard them and protect them. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many of you weekly look to our prayer calendar and those are available uh, at different places in our church for those who may not uh, ordinarily look at those and we would encourage you to find one and uh, I'd be happy to get one for you. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, there's been a note in there about Gibson Nolan and it says, um, it says update from Paris Island. He begins an important final test August the 8th through the 10th before he is awarded the Eagle, Globe, and Anchor pendant, at which time he would be an official U.S. Marine. Uh, that ceremony started at 2 a.m. on the 8th and goes until 7 a.m. on the 10th. And that ceremony has taken place, and Gibson Nolan is now a U.S. Marine. And so we uh, rejoice and congratulate the Nolan family. Uh, but they want to thank you for your prayers and your support. Uh, and cards and other means, uh, Gibson uh, expressed how much those mean to, means, uh, how much that meant to him. And so uh, please know that uh, he will be home for 10 days beginning on August 23rd and just wanted the church family to know how much he appreciates that. So I know we rejoice with you guys this morning in that wonderful celebration. As I look to the prayer calendar, having been out of the country this week, we are still mindful of several in our church family who recently either went into uh, rehab or came home and is struggling trying to figure out life at home now after coming from surgeries and rehabs and things like that. And so be mindful of those uh, as in your thoughts and prayers this week. Will you go with me now to the Lord in prayer? God, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. You are a gracious God who is worthy of worship and worthy of praise. And so, Father, we want to give you that from sincere and authentic hearts this morning. Lord, we come to you flawed. We come to you imperfect. And you know that. But, Lord, you hear our worship and you allow us to be used of you and to serve you in so many ways. We thank you for that. Lord, as we serve you here at home, Father, give us strength and give us resolve to go into some difficult places here around Boiling Springs and Shelby and the greater area to, with your goodness and your grace. Lord, as we serve in our state and our country and our world, Lord, help us to go forth in your spirit with your power, trusting, Lord, that when your servants and your children are open to be used of you, that you will truly indeed use us. But Father, we do pray for these times of corporate worship when we come together, Lord, that we may be empowered, that we may be strengthened, and that, Father, as we hear your word, as it is sung and as it is preached and read, that we would also be convicted of sin in our life, that we may draw closer to you. Lord, we do lift up these that are struggling at this hour. We do pray for them, whether at home or in rehab or the hospital. We do pray for your strength and for your healing. Lord, for those who um, are in the midst of making decisions each week, many church members are faced with just important decisions that are before us. And so, Lord, with those decisions, give us guidance and wisdom to make the right decision. Father, we thank you for this day and the significance of the day and the significance of this year for our church family. We do ask for your blessings on all the activities of this day, both our worship and our activities and, and fun this evening. 
We thank you so much for Buddy Corbin, his life, his witness, his testimony here in Boiling Springs and at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We do ask for your blessing on the reading of the word and the preaching of it this day. Lord, we rejoice and we thank you for safe travels and a productive week in Guatemala this last week. And um, Lord, we continue to ask for your blessings as we prepare to share those stories and and, uh, what you did in our lives and through our lives uh, next Sunday. Lord, we love you. We commit to you this day. We ask for your blessings on it. God, we are so grateful for your love and your presence in our lives. We're thankful today for Jesus Christ who lived, who died, and who rose again, giving us victory and giving us purpose in this life and hope for the next. Lord, we love you. We commit this service to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is number 49, As the Deer, hymn number 49. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 49. Glad to see all of you here today. 
you would bow with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your gift of this beautiful building and this church. We're thankful for your blessings from this wonderful church family, this wonderful community, and this wonderful country. We also thank you for the greatest gift, the gift of your salvation and your son. Please accept our tithes and offerings so that they may be used to do your will. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Morning. Uh, we're going to sing a song. Uh, I think some of you probably know it and others might not, but uh, we're going to do the, uh, the whole song and then we'll sing a couple, uh, the chorus a few times. The words are going to be printed uh, up on the uh, screens here. And I'll, when I give you the motion, come join, join with us and sing, please. Oh, 
It is so good to be here, to be back with friends, and to feel home. Feels like home always when I come back. You are such a, such a wonderful people that we, we can't say enough about what God did through us through our formative years, which we found in ministry here among you. I look at James, our youngest son, who's here with us today, and I think the office said, Dad, this home was Boiling Springs. It was a place where God gave us so much and helped us to grow in friendships, not only that, in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. See Bill Elliott, and I recognize he was the chairman of that conspiring or conspiratorial committee that brought me here, along with Catherine Hamrick and Sonny Huggins and uh, also Sonia Jones and Charles Mack and uh, Frank Wall, I remember they were in our living room talking to us, bragging on this wonderful church. And uh, told me about one of the members of the staff that I would enjoy. Frank Wall said, she's a loose woman. And I, he, he kind of caught himself and said, no, I mean a flexible woman. And her name is Bonnie Dowdy. And you will, you will so enjoy uh, being with her. And that is true. She was a, a wonderful partner in ministry along with Charlton Bazaar and, and uh, Mark Jones, Tim, we loved, we loved you. And I know there are lots of people that are not here who are in heaven and I'm grateful for that scripture which says we are surrounded by a great host of witnesses. They look on and I'm grateful. When I listen to Max Lennon's voice, uh, he was a friend to me and just as Keith has been a marvelous pastoral friend to me, and I'm grateful for our friendship, Keith. Grateful for the wonderful church that we have here together. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. The Lord is our rock and our redeemer. In Christ I pray, amen. All of us have what I call those special sacred places. Those places where we yearn to go and when we are there, something happens to us. It invites us to feel joy, peace, and wonder. Every year you have a special place like that. Maybe it's a family reunion. Maybe it's a special event that you're all called to be a part of, but it's sacred to you. Something happens when you get to that place. Once a year, our family gathers at the Tow River Family Campground. It's up there near Mitchell County, Michaelville, if you know that area. Every year, once a year, we all come strolling in as family. We even set up tents on the Tow River there. And when all the grandkids and all the families show up, something happens. There is a sense of togetherness and joy and love and fun. It's a reunion. It's a time when we remember we're together. Such is the story of the Pilgrim of Psalm 84. This is a song sung at the dedication of Solomon's Temple 
Annually they did this. It's called the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Booths. No matter where you were, it was homegoing. They would make their way from whatever direction from Jerusalem they would be, and they would come to the temple. And this is the story of one such pilgrim who yearns for the temple, faints for the temple, whose entire flesh sings joy to be in the temple, to be in that special place where there is a living God. The Hebrew word there for yearn is a word for like the, the picture of a crying baby for mother's milk, crying out incessantly for milk. And the pilgrim says, I cry out incessantly for the courts of God. I desire in my innermost being to be in the place, the same place where there is a living God, a place of worship, the temple. Even the birds I envy, for even when we disperse, there are birds flying about singing the praises of Almighty God. I want to be in that place. I yearn to be in that special place place because where that place is God is I want to be where God is I want to be in that temple and what made this psalm so special was that when the Assyrians and the Nebuchadnezzar came through and dismantled the temple all they had left then was a memory of the temple they no longer had a location for worship. When someone, when I say, sit around the campfire and say, hey, let's sing that old song. Do you remember it goes a little like this? God, how lovely is your dwelling place. My soul longs, indeed faints, for the court of the Lord. When they didn't have it, they wanted it the most. They yearned to be in worship. So last time, we yearned to be in worship. You ever say, oh goody, I get to go to church tomorrow. I get to be where God is. Sadly, in this day and age where worship attendance is at its low, where spirituality is now tapered for your own needs and in your own time. Hardly ever do you hear folks say, I can't wait to gather with God's people around his word and worship. A survey recently done, it's called the happiness survey. You may have heard of it. Every year, Gallup poll does, where are the happiest places in the world to live? America never makes this list of the top 10. Even though we're the most materially well off, never makes the list. This year, Denmark was the top, top country in the world of happiness. 
New Zealand was on the bottom 10. And all I could figure out had something to do with snow and sun and sand. The worship of God is a place where we discover happiness. You see this in the pilgrim's response. Joy. Singing like they mean it. Feeling joy in in their whole flesh. Singing the praise of an almighty and living God. In that same survey I read that they asked Americans, what is your number one goal in life? What would you like most? And you know what the number one goal is? Happiness. Most people want to be happy. But two-thirds of the American survey said they don't feel happy. They feel anxious, polarized, and you can't, we, we don't have to be social scientists, do we, to figure out why? We live in an age of violence, crazy violence, guns, hurt, pain, mistrust. Has there ever been a time in your mind when we need more of, more of Almighty God? Do you know of another time in America where we don't, couldn't say, that what we really need now is a fear of God, a reverence for God, and a reality that without God, we're lost. Thus the pilgrim, you, me, are in search of a living God. The pilgrims who came on the Feast of Tabernacle, I'm sure they brought casseroles. They must have been some Baptist in there, brought macaroni or something. But the pilgrim who came from the tabernacle found his way through the dry valleys of Baca. There were the weeping trees. And it said that his strength went from strength to strength because he knew even though he was in the midst of a dry valley, God was up ahead. For in his awareness of the tabernacles, he knew that God once camped out with him on the river in tabernacles. And by day he was there in the midst of the tabernacle and he camped out with them alongside in the wilderness. And they said, God met our every need in the midst when we had nothing. God was present there with us. And the pilgrim knew that. When they got to Jerusalem, they would sing praises because they knew God had always been faithful. And for some of us, when we say, I don't know about this worship thing. I don't know that I need a lot of worship. Well, I say this to you in, in, in wonderful respect, that if you don't like worship, eternity is going to be awfully hard for you. Because from all I read, worship's going to be a big part of what we do in eternity. Worship. How do I know when I worship? How do I know? There is in this text the clues that God gives that says that when I know I've worshiped, I touch the hem of a living God. 
back in the old days when I was in seminary, I took a class in missions, and one of the things I was going to do is wear a clerical collar and go to a bar every Saturday night with a friend of mine. We went, we had all these clerical collars, and we go to these bars downtown Third Street, Louisville, and we would pick up Skid Row guys, and we would try to get them to the Veterans Hospital. We'd do little things, and we wrote up our reports. And one night, I met a young, I met a man named Rex. And I did an ungodly thing. I brought him home with me to our little apartment there in Louisville on seminary campus. Francis was frightened to death, you know. This man is lying on the couch there in our little living room. And I said, Rex, if I bring you home with me, I'm taking you to my church tomorrow. That's the deal. He said, okay. He was halfway drunk, so he could hardly say no, he was out of it. So I took him to church, down to a little country church, called Westport, Kentucky, right on the Ohio River. And just like I agreed, we put him in the car, Francis and I put him in the back seat of our car, and we drove him back to Third Street, Louisville, where we we're going to dispose of him there, let him out, let him get back to where he was going. And I said, Rex, before you go, I want to know, what did you think about my church today? He said, Preacher, your church could use a drink. I can't make this up. This is true. I have never forgotten that. Preacher, your church could use a drink. Prophetic? Because that's exactly what they said about the folks at Pentecost. You guys at 9 o'clock in the morning, you're drunk. So now it's nine o'clock in the morning. They were uninhibited in that church because the living God through the Holy Spirit touched down. Don't we wish for that any Sunday? For God's Holy Spirit to just touch down. When I know I've worshiped, I know that I've been confronted again with my sinful self. Because that pilgrim, when he went to the temple, was in search not only of the place, but in search of listening to the covenant once more, spoken to him about what God demanded. See, I need to know God demands that I obey him, that I need to be a peculiar and different people, that wherever I am, I am identified as God's person, especially the new covenant, which reminds me I am a resurrection person, a part of the new covenant that has marked me with forgiveness of sin and renewed me and raised me up and made me a resurrection person who has not only glory and wonder about my past, but has total confidence in my future. The church is God's best hope for the world. It is God's really only hope for the world. It is us who have been transformed and changed by God's new covenant 
that has made us new and drives us into the world with a smile and with joy. And when people began to seek us out and say, what's up with you? You're able to say, you want to know? God is alive and he's living in the world and he's in me. I know when I worship when God has confronted me, not only giving me peace when I'm disturbed, but disturbing too much of my peace. When he enlivens me to what I need to be and what God has provided for me by way of his spirit and his word to accomplish everything that far beyond that I think or or even want or hope. God can do that in your life and mine. Has he done that in you? Has God transformed your life? Are we all new creatures in Jesus Christ on a daily basis? Do we celebrate that God has done that through Jesus Christ? It is the hope. By the way, there are not enough laws in the world layered upon each other that will change the violent heart. You can't cure craziness. Only God can wash our minds and renew them and make us new creatures. We have in our fold and in this place the hope of the world, the message that when understood and believed and received can be transformed into our own life first and then transported into our daily life. I know when I worship, when I gather with you, That's what this pilgrim is saying. He says to all his believing friends, he says, listen, oh, the Lord of hosts, happy is every one of us who trusts him. Us. I need you, by the way. You need me. The Bible says, do not absent yourself from worship as is the habit of some, but gather and stimulate one another. I look across the faces of many people I know in this room, and I've learned from you. I've watched some of you walk through the valley, the back of valley, in deep, dark places. I've seen some of you handle chronic death and dying. I've seen some of you who have experienced loss and wonderment. And I learned from you. Paul makes it very clear in Romans 12. We must gather and weep together, but we must also rejoice together. It is a togetherness enterprise church. It is us. One of the things Francis and I do in retirement is we usher at a little uh, theater over in Mars Hill, uh, SART it's called, and we. We get the privilege of seeing, we, we buy the show, we buy the play, we see the play, we purchase a ticket. Then we get to put on these little cute jackets and I get a flashlight and I get to walk up with authority and say, may I see your ticket please? <laughs> and shine a light on that number said, follow me and I lead them to their seat. 
But the most important thing about being an usher, I think, I've already seen the show, and it's great. I get to be a doorkeeper. I get to know something you don't know, that there's something good going to happen here, and you're going to like it. Did you hear what this pilgrim said? I'd rather be an usher in that place, doorkeeper, because I know something. I know something great's going to happen here. If you want to fill this congregation up, here's the way to do it. First of all, worship. Touch base with the living God and become transformed yourself. And then say, good things are happening at my church. It is alive. There's a living God who has made his way into that place. And every time we sing his praises and read the covenant again and hear his word and look at the transformed lives, we can't wait to fight to get to the door and say, I'll be a doorkeeper and invite you in because something good is going to happen in this place today. That's why he wanted to be a doorkeeper. He knew that God was going to show up. And I search for that kind of worship, don't you? I search for that. To see God, see myself, and to see you. That easy, isn't it? That's what it's all about. John Fawcett, he was a young tailor, very poor, lived in England. Heard about George Whitfield coming through one day. You heard of George Whitfield, the great preacher of England who converted John Wesley, actually urged John Wesley to get out of the little pulpit and into the world. George Whitfield was preaching a sermon, and old John, just a young boy, 12 years old, became gloriously saved. Later, God called him to be a pastor of a very small church. It was so small and so poor, his salary was produce and potatoes. That's all he was paid, and he still became a tailor. He heard about a vacancy in a church in London. As preachers do, we get the word out to our friends. And the vacancy was there. And the search committee came to see him, old John. And they called him to be their pastor. His children were poor, and they lived in a shanty. And this church in London would pay him a great salary and not have to be a tailor anymore and have potatoes and produce for his salary. One night his wife looked at him over a table and said, John, her name was Mary, John, I can't do this. I love these people. I can't do it. And John said, I can't either. I have walked with them, prayed with them, been with them. I can't do it either. So he said no to the church in London. He unpacked the wagon and he stayed 54 years in a church that only paid him potatoes and produce. And while he was there, he got inspiration one day and decided to write down a poem. Maybe you know it, it's in our psaltery. 
our Baptist psaltery. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. That's where the song comes from. Recognition that when we worship, we meet the living God, our lives become transformed and we fall in love with one another. And when we do that, God shows up and the church grows and the fire of God falls on us again. Renewal, that's what we need. A Feast of Tabernacles is what we're doing right now. Coming back to the tent to say thanks to what God has done, not us, but what God has done in this special, lovely place. Amen? Our hymn of invitation, surprisingly, is, is uh, found in your hymnal. It's on page uh, 267. Let's sing like we love each other and we want to worship continuously forever in, as God gives us breath to live. Let's stand and sing.